0: Edited in Jerome. That's for damn sure.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Tap Room Sports <laughs> Podcast. I'm your host Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Lats. here's always with my man, Mr. Big, Ballin' Ben Larson. What's going on tonight, Ben? Not
0: much, Ben. Been a long, long weekend. Been a uh, been a great weekend for sports. Basketball, hockey's just finishing up. Baseball's in full force. I'm loving it. I didn't catch any fights this weekend though, so Oh man. That wasn't uh, too crazy.
1: Uh the Shakur Stevenson fight was dope. Uh that was a good fight. Although he like dominated the fight, so it depends on yeah. what you think a good fight is. Thought he should have won it before before it went to decision. Probably should have knocked him out earlier, but he was I felt like he was kinda toying with him a little bit, so you know it is what it is, but no, it was a great fight, and Shakur Stevenson is definitely proving himself to be one of the best fighters, pound for pound fighters on the planet right now. Yeah, just really waiting for this Bud Crawford and Earl Spence fight to get to get down, man. That's that's really what we need to see. Yep. Um. But yeah, man. You know, fight nights are becoming more popular. Like every weekend on Saturday night now, and I think that's dope, dude. Like I really enjoy that. There was no NBA on Saturday night, obviously. Um NHL I think had one game on Saturday.
0: Uh Sunday they had their game. Today? Or, I'm sorry, they had one game today. It was, uh yesterday, yeah, they had games yesterday.
1: It was just uh today wasn't a playoff game though, right?
0: No. Today was just uh Seattle and Winnipeg.
1: Yeah, that's right. So Yeah, so I mean there wasn't a ton on. Obviously Major League Baseball is in full swing, but you know, it's perfect for Saturday night, nothing else going on. You got some great yep. fights going on, so man, it's always good. Uh, how was your weekend, though? Yeah, it, and your it was week.
0: Good. I mean, draft was huge. Draft was hell of a lot of fun to watch. Um, uh, for being, you know, the level of uh, of draft. That, actually, you were right. There weren't any games on Saturday for hockey. uh just being the the level of, uh you know, players that we had in the draft. It was fun to see kind of those, you know, not necessarily top tier you know blockbuster you know type draft picks come out Um, at least not that we we know we're going kind of straight in there i thought there was a lot of movement um in the the draft lines and you know we'll be talking about this in a little bit but you know a lot of picks that went higher than expected a lot of picks that went lower than expected which kind of gave it a little bit of a you know sense of of mystery where teams were going to go with their picks so i thought it was a ton of fun
1: yeah what about you Oh, the draft was great, man! Being out there on Thursday for the first round was awesome, dude. I mean, it was crazy, bro. There were so many people out there, Ben. (laughs) It was like it was crazy, but nah, it's dope. And you know, what other what better place to have something like that, a spectacle type event than Las Vegas, dude? You know what I mean? It's just they should have the draft here every year. To be honest, they should have the Super Bowl here every year. Like that's just. You've never been to Las Vegas. You need to come out to Las Vegas. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely, or for for a
0: huge sporting event too.
1: Yeah, dude. Like, it's just meant for it. You know what I mean? It's built for it. Um, But yeah, man. Other than that, I mean, Major League Baseball. Obviously, like we're getting more into the swing of things. Crazy though, we've been talking about unders hitting a lot today. Overs went thirteen and two. Yeah. (laughs)
0: It's like, as we talked about the the offense being so low this year, things have kind of picked up in these, in these last couple of days. So,
1: Yeah, but I mean, Keep you're on. seeing a lot, because usually like, the expected run rate of a team is four runs, right? Yeah. Per team. So usually an over-under is like seven and a half, between eight and a half. But now you're seeing odds makers move lines to like six and a half. So it's like, it's, it's definitely totally different. I and mean, obviously we had a, we had a ton of runs and usually that's what we see is, is it heats up, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and especially with no spring training, but we'll, we'll get into that later a little bit too, but man, Ben, I'm, I'm drinking, I, I got a special beer I'm starting off with tonight, man. Nice. A I very special I've, got, beer. Uh,
2: I'm
0: I've, I've got two I beers be coming from two? the same brewery today, so I'm, uh, I'm kind of stoked for that one too. Same series, but, uh. But we got to tell everybody about the beer aspect of the podcast. We love beer just as much as we love sports. We really wanted to make this podcast be something like we were just sitting around, a, you know, drinking beer and talking sports, which is, you know, what we've been able to do over this last you know, year and a half. I mean, we're on uh, podcast 90 right now. So we're getting close to two full years of the hey. Taproom Sports podcast. So and we've got some big news coming up at the end of the show regarding the Tap Room Sports Podcast and the Podcast Network. So make sure to uh to stay tuned for that when we come up. But we got to talk about beer. We've got uh we're gonna be reviewing mm-hmm. and drinking two beers per podcast and kind of letting you know what we think of a good beer and what we think is a bad beer. And really the main focus of this is just to get a little bit more of your beer, beer knowledge up and to get you out there trying some beers. You see some of the beers that we have mine are, you know, easily available all throughout the States. You can definitely, uh, definitely go and try those out. If you think that, you know, what we're talking about is a beer for you You and going out to those breweries, going out and just, uh, you know, checking things out, making sure that, uh, you know, you're supporting your local brewer local brewery and local bottle shops. So, if you don't have any breweries or bottle shops close, make sure to go to devour, devour.com, download the devour app and use promo code tap room when signing up to get $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more. Because it's great. You get beers all throughout the United States, right to your front door. Yep. But I'm excited for you to announce this first beer. I've got mine lined up. So tell me, what are you drinking tonight?
1: Yeah. So I was gonna save this one for like a show during the week, but I was like, you know what? Like this is this has to be drank on an actual on tap room, you know what I mean? Yep. And this is a Mason Aleworks Obi Wan OB One Kenobi. It's a double dry hopped hazy double IPA with Citra and Galaxy hops coming in at ten point five percent bin. So in honor of May the fourth be with you, we're gonna be drinking it's double IPA by Mason Aleworks. Mason Aleworks does a great job with IPAs too. They're out of San Diego, yeah. California. Um if you if you're ever in the area, definitely go check them out. Just phenomenal uh, array of beers um mm-hmm. that you can get and, and they really 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 do kill the IPAs, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. So looking forward to this one. What are you drinking?
0: Hell yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm drinking two beers from new Belgian brewing company today, and they are both going to be from the voodoo Rangers series. And the first one that I'm going with is juicy haze. Mm. This is a, uh, new England hazy IPA coming in at 7.5%. It, uh, really kind of boasts of those, you know, tropical and citrusy flavors. So we're really going to see how that, uh, how that comes out with in these, um, The best part about these beers is, I mean, you're not going to be getting the, uh, you know, the big cans, the what, 19, 19 19.9 fluid ounces, but uh, you're going to be able to get these in, you know, your 12 ounce cans, 12 ounce bottles, uh, really at at anywhere that you want. They have breweries in Colorado and in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Um, So East Coasters can get these beers. West Coasters can get these beers. Uh, and it's uh, it's New Belgium is definitely a long standing brewery. And these voodoo rangers are a little bit high on the percentage, yep, you know, alcohol percentage. It they are quality, quality beers. Um, so we're going with the Juicy Haze IPA as our first one.
1: Nice, nice, yeah, dude. Voodoo Ranger, uh, like when I first started, like you know getting outside of P- paps blue ribbon and bud light when i was younger <laughs> voodoo ranger was one of the first ipas i've ever had remember also they had like racer six back then too
0: racer five racer which is, five uh, that's a that's a different brewery but
1: yeah no no, not i'm not saying the same brewery but i mean like those yeah. were like the two like popular ipas back then as, yeah. uh, and obviously sierra nevada had the pale ale
0: and greg Canard. all oh, of yeah. them are they always have Canar, good Canard so. for sure yeah
1: Nice man, looking forward to hearing how that one is. Haven't had that one in a while. I haven't had a new Belgium in a minute either. Yeah. Speaking of which, but let's hop into uh, let's hop into the sports, dude. Let's and we'll 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 hit on the NFL draft first. So I think you hit the head nail on the head in in the intro, dude. I think you you know I know I don't think you said I know you said that it was kind of a little bit unpredictable, and I I felt yeah. like as we got up to the NFL draft, like ourselves. You know, Eddie and I on APR were kind of talking about it as well as being unpredictable. Yep. I was on a Garbage Football Times podcast, yep. also spoke with them about how it was very, going to be very unpredictable. And it's in a couple of mock drafts myself. And, you know, both of them from two different people, two different sets of people, I should say, all different draft picks. You yep. know what I mean? So that kind of like tells you kind of told you where this draft was going to head. Whereas like normal years, like last year, we kind of all knew what the top five picks were going to be. Top 10 picks were going to be this year. No idea. Just totally fucking bananas. And, um, you know, we, we were on APR with Irving on, on Thursday, right after the first round, we kind of recapped it, but let's, let's recap after all seven rounds are, are done with. So what's, uh, let's go through the winners, like winners that you see first, and and before you give your winners, Ben, I do want to say none of us know who's at, who actually won this draft until about two, three years. But yep. based on where we thought players were going to go and players we like and our own personal big boards and such, like, who, who do you, whose drafts did you like?
0: Yeah, I have uh, I have a couple teams and then like a set of teams here. I'm going to start with a set because I, I think this was uh, definitely a surprise for all of us. And that's going to be the Titans, Falcons and Panthers. Um Titans got Malik Willis, Falcons, Desmond Ritter, and Panthers, Matt Corral. Uh, within, and let's go with the commanders as well. we getting, getting Sam Howell mm-hmm. in the third and fifth rounds. Um, I, I think we know that these aren't going to be your top level uh, quarterbacks, but to get them in the third and the fifth round is incredible. Um, especially with Malik Willis going to the t- the Titans, um, you know, that's somebody and a pick that you can gamble with Mm -hmm. and I think these are are great pickups to be a gamble with we don't know where Willis Ritter Corral or Howell are going to end up if they're going to be one of those diamond in the rough uh you know QB pickups and to get them at such a low draft pick is I I think a huge win for each of these teams
1: yeah I mean I think as far as the Ritter picks concerned, like I don't expect Atlanta to be good at all. Yeah, Like he does have weapons there, but their offensive line stinks. They still can't run the ball. They don't have a running yeah. back, um, and their defense still isn't good. I think Ritter's going to be thrown out there. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a good situation. Mm-hmm. Can he learn from that? Maybe, and be better next year. Who knows? Like obviously is probably going to start early, but Mariota gets hurt all the time. So yeah. at some point, Ritter is going to play this year. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of when. <laughs> and how yeah. well he's going to do, and I don't expect him to play well. I agree with you. The Sam Howell pick, I, I love, dude. Fifth yeah. round, you know, Irvin had him as the best quarterback in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and last year, before the before the season even started, Ben, like, this was QB1. Like, everybody had him as quarterback one. Yep. He had a bad year this year, but he also lost, like, all of his receivers, all of his running backs. He lost two running backs yep. in the NFL last year, two receivers in the uh, NFL. So, I mean, it's hard to expect him to be better. He probably has the best arm talent in the draft. Um, I just thought he made a a few mistakes that I didn't really love watching the season. But I agree, dude. Fifth round, a hell of a pick, dude. And he's probably going to be their future starter for sure. May start this year. I doubt it. Depends on Wentz's health. But that's the thing is he could sit for a year or two behind Wentz and learn – you know, mistakes and learn yeah. how to be a professional from once. Cause once has been a professional for a few years, he knows how it's done. You know what yep. I mean? So I agree well, with I think, you on that.
0: I think you can say that with Willis as well. Um, you know, wasn't as high of a pick as we expected him to go. I think he went what 84th Yeah, um, and we were projecting him that he could have been that 10th pick, you know, anywhere from six to 10, you know, with the, you know, the teams that were picking there. So to have him drop all the way to eighty four, and you get him in the third round, I think that's absolutely huge. And and same thing, he can he can learn with the Titans. He yep. doesn't have to go in and expect to be that number one right away. And I'd say that that same even for you know Matt Corral, yeah, the Panthers don't have anything absolutely great, but being behind Arnold, being you know that number two, number three guy there can really help his growth as a QB for the next couple of years.
1: Well, I mean, the one thing I will say about Malik uh, – or I'm sorry, about Matt Corral's situation is that Sam Darnold is still trying to fight for an uh, NFL career. Like, he's still yeah. on his rookie deal, you know what I mean? So I don't, I'm not yeah. sure how much help he's going to necessarily give Matt Corral. Um, so I don't necessarily love that situation for him. I agree with okay. Malik Willis's situation. I mean, he's playing behind Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's already made a ton of money. Like, the dude's won in life. So it's like yeah. – I think he's going to be more receptive to helping Malik Willis and uh, you know, and, and, and that's probably the best situation from like a culture standpoint, because the Titans have Mike Vrabel since he's been in there. The Titans have been good every year. Yep. So like, he's going to have more consistency. I think there, whereas like Matt rule could get fired at the end of the year. And then mm-hmm. Matt Corral is going to have a new coach. True. And same thing with Desmond Ritter with the Falcons. Like yeah. he, um, Arthur Smith could very well get fired and he's going to have a new coach in the, in the next year. So, I yep. think from, like, a uh, like a uh, consistent, um, like, culture point of view, I, I definitely agree with you, dude. Mil- Malik Willis is in the best situation, and he's yep. probably the most talented quarterback in the whole draft, dude. So yep. you put him in that kind of situation, whoo, that could be yep. nice in a couple of years, dude, for sure.
0: Yep, absolutely. I got two or three more winners, too. Um, I, I think we will both agree on this first one, and that's the Jets. Yep. Um you know, to get, you know, two number, you know, first ten picks is absolutely huge. I think they uh they picked up a, a great pick in Sauce. I think they picked up a great pick in Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, then you get uh Jermaine Johnson uh what later in the first round as well. Yeah. So, you know, that's a, a huge, huge pickup for them. Um, you know, Brees Hill. Is it Brees Brees or Bryce Hall? Uh me. Brees Hall. Brees Hall, yeah. Um, you know, getting him in the second round, who you know very well could have gone in the first, but you know we didn't see any running backs taken in the first yep. round, did we? Nope. One, no, one, no, no running back, running back, yeah. Um, you know, so and then you know let's go to the third round and you get Jeremy Rucker, um, who was, you know, as some saw as the top tight end. You know, it's going to be a, a, I think, a more positive year for the Jets just because of these young guys coming in, and you know, great pickups, you know, throughout the whole, you know, first two three days.
1: Yeah, bro, I thought they've absolutely nailed the draft, dude. Yeah. Um, especially in like the first three rounds, I thought they did a great job. I mean, arguably get the top cornerback and the top running back in the draft. Like yep. that's that's dope. And then Jermaine Johnson, a lot of people had him as. You know, the third-best uh, edge rusher in the draft, dude, and they get him pick 26. Yeah. And and people had Garrett Wilson as, a, as wide receiver one. I don't think he's the best wide receiver in the draft, but he's a great wide receiver, and they get him yep. in, in pick 10. I mean, they had a great draft. Um, You know, now it's really on Robert Salah and his coaching staff to really, like, develop these guys and get them ready for the next level because you drafted Zach Wilson last year, so you're relying on him to be your, your mm-hmm. QB one. You you drafted tackles in the last two drafts too to surround him and protect him, and then now you get Garrett Wilson, you get Brees Hall, so you're adding your your offensive pieces. So it's gonna be a big year for the Jets coming up, um, and we're, we'll talk about them in a second when we get to the when we get to some win totals. But I agree with you. What was your other winner? Um, the Jets and who else?
0: I had uh, I mean I kind of had it at, at 50-50 between the Ravens and the Eagles. Yeah. Um, I thought both of both those teams had. I don't want to say that they're, you know, the the absolute winners of the draft. I think the Jets, you know, took that again, just as we're seeing the names on paper. Um, but I think Baltimore, you know, their pickup of Kyle Hamilton um, was huge. You did take a huge risk on uh, David Ajobo because of his torn Achilles. But, you know, this could be someone who's going to be, you know, a huge player, once he comes back from that injury, I know it's a you know a question mark of how he comes back from that you know a, a torn Achilles, but <clears throat> yeah. the way that we're seeing players come back from these injuries, they can still go at a hundred percent. So, you know, I, I think that's huge. I think they got a lot of help in uh, Linderbaum, which is something they need to pick up as they're you know getting their offensive line kind of set. And you know, I th- I thought they did well. Uh the Eagles, same thing. Um, you know, you picked up uh, you know, a huge Jordan Davis, like absolutely huge, six six, three forty. Um, you know, and, and putting him with Fletcher Cox Nasty. is gonna be, you know, a great, you know, one two there. Um you know, you get Cam Jurgens, who's gonna be coming in, and and, uh, and then uh N'Kobe Dean. Like again, Nakobe Dean was a who, steal. Yeah who has an injury but can he can he come back from that injury absolutely so yeah. i thought these two were were kind of my mm. a-minuses of the draft
1: i like what the eagles did although like i don't love what they did for the for the fact that i thought they needed and they they were like one of the worst teams in getting to the quarterback last year mm-hmm. and jordan davis isn't necessarily a pass rusher so I mean they could have gone edge there, like they had yeah. Jermaine Johnson on the board, they had Carl Loftus still on the board, and they went with Jordan Davis, and they still have, um, um, Fletcher Cox. So mm-hmm. I was kind of, I kind of, that was kind of a head scratching, head scratching move in my opinion. Um, but I mean, I like I don't hate it because I I I think very highly of Jordan Davis. Like if he fell with the Cardinals, like that's a player I would want them to take. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I my winners, dude. Kansas City Chiefs been I thought they absolutely nailed the draft they trade Tyreek Hill get a first round pick for him and they just added depth dude in positions of need dude they get George Karloftis who a lot of people thought was going to be a top 20 pick and they got him at the edge now they get Trent McDuffie who's a very physical cornerback and then they arguably get one of the most underrated wide receivers in this draft in Sky Moore, dude. And pairing him with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid could get could be nasty, bro. Like,
0: yeah,
1: that I thought their first three picks were fucking great, great picks. Yeah. Um. And then obviously, like the back half of the draft, like is uh, it's all up in the air. But I, I personally, like looking at their draft, I thought they had one of the better drafts in in the entire. In the entire league. I also yeah. really like what. Um, I also really like what. Uh, who was it? I like I like the Niners second round pick. Drake mm-hmm. Jackson. I thought that was a great pick. Um, him and Nick Bosa paired together on the on the defensive line. That could be very nasty. But then they picked a running back in the next round. And that was kind of a head scratching pick. I was kind of like yeah. what are they doing. But that's what the Niners do. Yep. Um as far as uh who do you think for, as far as losers cuz really my my winners was Jets, Chiefs and Titans who I, who I, I all thought they did pretty well and you kind of mentioned yeah. those what losers yeah. who do you think lost this draft? I think if, if everybody there's a possibility. fucking
0: lost this draft because they had to listen to Ed Maranino, Mar- <laughs> Marinaro fucking talk for 3 minutes about his like I mean fool obviously had head injuries. Um so you know, that was, that was a huge loss. I thought Baker Mayfield had a huge loss, you know, with the draft um, not getting traded out of, uh, out of Cleveland. I think that's a, a huge, huge, you know, loss for him. Uh, but team wise, it's gotta be the Patriots. It has to be the Patriots. A hundred percent, um, you know, Reaches. To, to take, uh, Cole strange with the 29th overall pick. I mean, we saw the Rams, what, um, uh, fuck who's their coach, um, Oh my god. I can picture him, but yeah, I cannot. why can
1: I not think Sean McVeigh? Thank you.
0: McVeigh and their GM, you know, being pissed <laughs> off because they were looking at him at the 105th
1: pick yep. and
0: you're taking him at the 29th overall. Um so I I thought that was a huge huge you know, gamble in that. Um who knows, he may turn out well, but you know, I think you could have gotten so much more talent at that 29th overall.
1: Um and then to pick another QB uh, Bailey's Zap. Um, I've heard some interesting theories on this dude.
0: Okay. Let's hear him. Cause I just th- think that drafting him in the fourth round was. So uh, a huge out of left field when you just took your number one QB overall. Yeah.
1: But I- I've heard some very interesting theories, dude. And, okay. uh, the first one, and these are like from, from, uh, like Patriots beat writers and Patriots fans. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people consider Bailey's at one of the best quarterbacks to come out of this draft. He threw for like 62 touchdowns last year, almost like 6,000 yards. I mean, the guy can sling the rock dude. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are saying, watch out. This dude could take Mac Jones's job in like a year. And then they could trade Mac Jones for yeah. some draft capital and kind of build around there. Now, I'm not saying this is true, obviously. I don't I don't know. Like, this is rumors and theories, right? Yeah. But you don't usually draft a backup quarterback in, in round four. And, you know, he very well could be a backup quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. it's always nice to have a good backup if your starter gets hurt. I mean, look at it's how true. Tom Brady became got to prominence, you know? Yeah. So, yep. it's a good possibility Bailey Zapp could be the next Tom Brady. Mac Jones gets hurt. Bailey Zapp gets in there. And the rest is history, right? So it's true. But I agree, dude. The Patriots, I mean, reaching for Cole Strange, who everybody thought was a third, fourth rounder. I yep. mean, dude, that's just Huge question mark. Stupid stupidity, yep. bro. <laughs> like, what the fuck are they doing? Yep. I mean, maybe Bill Belichick is like, maybe he is getting like old and senile, bro. Like he's seventy eight yep. years old at this point. Yep.
0: And I it's, thought at their second overall pick, you know, uh, it was what like sixty eight maybe in 70, um, you know, the pick of Taequann Thornton. Like, my opinion, there were better wide receivers available at that point. Oh,
1: yeah. Tons of better receivers. Yeah. But maybe, I mean, and this is an organization that hasn't drafted receiver well in a long time, so it's not like they know something we don't, dude. (laughs) (laughs) If anything, it kind of just reassures us that, you know, they made the wrong decision. But no, like, like you said, dude, very interesting draft. We won't know the true winners and losers for a few years. Yeah, but we did see some. We did see some uh, NFL win totals change after the draft. Um, is there any win totals that you look at right now and you're like, you would lay a bet on it over or under?
0: Um, yeah. I, I mean, there's a couple here. Um, you know, it's also a a huge list, so it's, it's a little tough. Um, I, I would probably go over on the jets five and a half, um, just with, you know, the, the teams, how they, you know, how unsuccessful they were, um, in their division last year. I think you could definitely, I could definitely see the jets going, you know, above another game, game and a half, uh, in their win uh, total from last season. I think the, you know, giving Wilson an extra, you know, a little bit of time could, uh, you know, could give him that push up from, you know, where they were last season. Um, Let's see. What was the other one that I was really looking at? Uh, There's a lot that are like, yes, this is spot on. Um, I feel like a lot of them are. And I
1: I also feel like taking overs is very tough this early because someone could get hurt in training camp you know what i mean yeah and that changes Uh, everything
0: you know i'd want to say all those four and a halfs i'd i'd take the over on the falcons
1: the texans man i think the falcons might be the worst team ben you think so i think they want to (laughs) be
0: yeah true get that first overall pick for next year and get a top qb i think that's Um, why
1: they kind of took a flyer on desmond ritter because it's like they know he's gonna get thrusted into playing time at some point yeah and it's like Either he wows them and it's like okay we might have our QB of the future and they win some games and they yeah. go over that number or it's like all right this dude ain't it we yeah. got a ch- we got a chance at CJ Stroud
0: yeah
1: I so think I'd the one, go ahead go ahead
0: one I'd go under would be the Detroit Lions at six and a half um you're asking them to double their win total from last season and I don't really see how much they've really added to you know to get to that mark i don't see them winning seven games i mean obviously we don't have the the schedule out it doesn't drop until the 12th but you know to have them go you know double their win over double their win total from last season i thought it seems like a major stretch for me
1: i thought they killed the draft last year i thought they i thought they did well this year i don't love aiden hutchinson but he's definitely going to be a a contributing type player Mm -hmm. um but with that being said, like, they played hard last year, dude, every game. They st- were.
0: And they still lost
1: every uh, game. Yeah, because, I mean, they were derived of talent. But now yeah. they, now you add more talent, right, because they had a ton of draft picks.
0: I mean, yeah, but it's, it's all question marks to how they're going to progress at the NFL level compared to the you know, NCAA level.
1: I mean, this is another team. I think they want to lose too. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. So it's like, yep. I would lean the under. I don't like it. You know what I mean. I don't like the over on there. Yeah. Um. A couple I was looking at was uh, <clears throat> I was looking at um. Where was it? Dude, I even highlighted it right here. Um. Did I?
0: I go uh, the Dolphins over eight and a half.
1: Um. That could be a good one. The the Saints over under seven and a half. I like that under. I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to be a good team. Um, they lost a lot, obviously yeah. over the cap. Uh, New York Giants over under seven and a half. I think that is an under as well. Mm-hmm. Like that's something I'm looking at playing right now. Um, Commanders seven and a half. I like that over there. Yeah. Because they're gonna be more healthy next year, and they added another defensive lineman to go with their already potent defensive line. Yeah. That could be very, very nasty. And I also like Tennessee Titans over nine and a half.
0: Okay. What about Pittsburgh Steelers at uh, seven and a half? I think just getting Big Ben out of there is a is a huge uptick. I mean
1: yeah. you've
0: got um uh Najee Harris coming back from injury, he's gonna be a beast out there.
1: The Uh, only thing I don't like about that is that everyone in their division got better. That's true. So asking them to win eight games is tough.
0: Yeah.
1: That's a tough division.
0: They've got a great
1: defense. That's why like the Raiders eight and a half. Like you think about that and you look at their moves and you're like, damn, eight and a half. Like I got to take that over. But then you look at that division. It's like
0: that division. Yeah.
1: It's like, well, that is the worst team in the division. Like how many games are they honestly going to win? You know what I mean? And like, I don't, personally, I would take Kansas City Chiefs over ten and a half. I think that's an 11-12 win team. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that number comes down a little bit as we get closer to kickoff. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm kind of waiting on that one. I think if you're gonna, I think if you're gonna bet one of these futures over unders, if you like a number, take it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like especially on an under, because that number is likely only going to move, especially yeah. with injuries coming up. So you definitely want to take that. Like uh, you know, Packers eleven and a half, you know, that's something I would look going under. Under, yeah. You know what I mean? And but at the same point time, that division fucking stinks. It's true. The Bears six and a half, they might fucking lose, they might go two and fucking fifteen. Yep. Fucking Justin yep. Fields got no one to throw to. <laughs> Who the fuck's exactly. he throwing the ball to? Yep. <laughs> they lost their best receiver. And they didn't exactly. replace him with anyone.
0: Uh, I mean, having Matt Nagy is going to be a positive thing. Is it, though? Uh, uh, yeah.
1: I mean, dude, I don't. They, I didn't like their draft either. I thought they yeah. missed out on their draft. I also would look at Denver Broncos under 10.5. I think there's a lot of hype built into that number. Dallas Cowboys 10.5. That's a good number to play under, especially because I think that division is going to be better. Uh Philadelphia Eagles eight and a half Ben that's a number I would look at going over but again I, I kind of want to wait a little bit because they won nine games last year so you're telling me they're a half game worse yeah no way although they did have a lot of luck last year I will admit that
2: sure
1: so that, that those are a couple ones that I'm looking at but again you could you could wait I'm not gonna play any over unders right now I don't really love any of these numbers yet going to yeah. wait a little bit. But what about uh some rookie of the year odds Ben? You like any of these rookie of the year?
0: Um I mean it's so hard to tell. I mean I think you could definitely push that I'd go with that Drake London at plus 700. It's like he's not going to have you know a great time, but he's going to be one of the only two options there in Atlanta. So, you know, he's going to get a lot of play um you know with the uh, um. Oh my God. Mariota. No, Kyle Pitts? Pitts. Thank you. Um. You know. So that's going to be a. I. I take that as a good pick there.
1: I like Sky um, Moore plus thirty three hundred.
0: Sky Moore, absolutely. Yeah. Um. You know. I wonder how much he's going to. Like having Mahomes there might
1: hurt him. No way for rookie of the year.
0: Yeah, just because everybody sees Mahomes as being such a top QB, that it's like, yeah, he's gonna put it in. Like he's literally the best wide receiver.
1: I mean, everyone thinks fucking the world of Joe Burrow and fucking Jamar Chase balled out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and then I would also throw some on Desmond Ritter plus fourteen hundred because he's definitely gonna play, dude. Yep. And you know they love fucking quarterbacks for rookie Trubisky, of the year, yeah. dude.
0: Well, that's why I was thinking, you know, Pickett plus five fifty. It's definitely. Well, chalk, I don't think Pickett's gonna play. Who Who is Pittsburgh gonna put
1: out there? Trubisky.
0: Uh, I think he's on such a short leash that I, I definitely see them Trubisky as gives them the best
1: opportunity to win. Um, for uh, Trubisky gives them the best opportunity to win again. Like uh, like a Matt Corral situation, I think Kenny Pickett's in a similar situation. Obviously, the, the Steelers have a better foundation and organization, but Mitchell Trubisky is trying to play for his NFL future, right? So he's not really going to want to help Kenny Pickett. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I, I think that's a, a rough situation. And anytime Trubisky does do bad, they're going to be calling for fucking Pickett. And then they replace Pickett, and he does bad. It's like, okay, we need to go back to Trubisky because the Steelers are a team that wins a lot. Yeah, yep. I don't I don't like Kyle Pickett. If I was going to take a yeah. quarterback, it would only be Desmond Ritter on this list. Okay. I think he's the only one that's going to see enough consistent playing time because yeah. Mariela is going to get hurt on, like, the second possession of the year. Yeah. <laughs> and that fool's going to get thrown into the fire, dude. It's true. It's very true going to be um, nasty.
0: What about Brees Hall?
1: Brees Hall could be a good one. He's definitely yeah. going to be their future feature back. Kenneth Walker for Seattle could be another good one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Traylon Burks is going to get a lot of looks for uh, the ball getting thrown to him. Yeah. Um Isaiah Spiller is probably going to get a lot of carries as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of good picks here at, at a lot of great value. What about defensive rookie of the year odds? They got Aiden Hutchinson number one plus five hundred.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting there. Um, I mean, I like Kyle Hamilton going at plus nine fifty. Um, I think he's probably one of the best safeties out there. Um, depends how how much he can get his hands on there. Um, uh, I mean Stingley. There's been a lot of talk about him being. You know, I uh, make it happen right now. And, uh, you know, one of the most effective uh, first year players out there. I just think for um, a cornerback
1: to win, it's so tough, dude. It's, yeah, it really is. Like, we talked it's about really this last is. year because, like, the best cornerback in the league barely gets, like, you know, four or five interceptions a year. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, how is it going to stick out? Like, really, you're looking at guys that get a lot of tackles or guys that get a lot of sacks. I kind of like Drake Jackson here plus 3,300 for the Niners because, you know, Nick Bosa is going to get a ton of fucking attention and that's only going to open up Drake Jackson's side.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I thought Drake Jackson is a first round talent. Obviously he's from USC. So I've seen him play a ton and his freshman year, he was one of the best players on the field, but his stock really dropped because a, he was playing out of position last year and B he had like some of the shittiest fucking coaching in the world, dude. So I thought he dropped a little bit. I, I expect big things from him, man. I was really fucking pissed when the Niners drafted him, dude. <laughs> I was really pissed, dude. Yeah. But yeah, I like Drake Jackson plus thirty three hundred. I think is a good is a good bet. I also think uh, Kayvon Tribodeau plus fifty five hundred because mm-hmm. he's gonna get he's gonna get some sacks, bro. He's freakish. He's a freak. Oh yeah. He's a freak he's a talent, time, dude. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna be out there. Especially because the Giants' defense gonna be on the field eighty yes. percent of the game, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I like I, those are probably my two favorite. Um, maybe throw a little bit on Devin Lloyd. He could get a ton of tackles. Mm. And I think Kyle Hamilton. That's not a bad. That's not a bad pick either. Plus nine fifty. Yeah, I think that's a solid, solid play too.
0: Same thing. A lot of playing time on the on the Ravens there.
1: Yeah, and but the Ravens are going to be secondary. good too. You know what I mean. So yeah. that's only going to benefit it.
0: Yeah. Are right, is uh, going to be tough though?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. All right, let's hop into uh, let's react. Let's do let's recap the NBA playoffs real quick, Ben. Before we uh, hop into trivia with uh, Mister Raider Eddie. Yep. So obviously, the first round has come to a close. Pretty much every series was wrapped up in five or six games. Um, the the Timberwolves and Memphis Grizzlies was probably the Closest series, you could say Sixers, Raptors was. I was, I was, I was that was a crazy blowout in the King of Six. Yeah. Um. But what, what, what's your thoughts on, on the first round? So, on what happened in the first round?
0: I mean, we saw, you know, the best team from the season win um, in every single series. There wasn't an upset here, um, which kind of was expected. I mean, I think the biggest thing that, uh, you know, that we had was Brooklyn getting swept. Um, just an absolute shock to me. Um, you know, both KD and and um, Kyrie were just non-existent. Um, and at least one or two, you know, one of them in each of the games, if not both of them, um, which is, uh, again, just a, a huge shock to me. I mean, I get the whole, you know, you haven't played, you know more than half of the games together, but at the same time, you're two of the best players in the league. Um, you know you should be able to take the team on your shoulders and at least get a win, if not two. Um, I know Boston is a very tough team to play, but you can't get swept. Um, and I think that was the that was the biggest thing out of this first round. Um, Phoenix is going to be an interesting team with how healthy Booker can stay. I, mean, I think we saw a lot of. Uh, you know, a lot of issues when he was, when he was out and how much that team really thrives on Booker's back. And, you know, if he's, I mean, hamstring issues, don't just go away. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, he's able to compete throughout round two. Uh, I don't think Dallas is going to be too hard of a series for them, but I would put them well above the Pelicans if Booker, you know Booker is out, and I definitely think the Pelican and the Dallas could beat Phoenix if Booker is out for multiple
1: games. Yeah, I mean, you know Booker wasn't good in the game back, Game Six against the mm-hmm. Pelicans, um, but they still managed to win because CP3 went fucking bananas, dude. 14 yeah. for 14 from the field, just a historical performance, dude. What you would, what you would expect from a legend. Yeah. I thought the biggest thing from from Round One was a like teams that stars didn't come to play. We got balanced Utah being one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. The Nets being one of them. And I thought if there was going to be a first round upset, I definitely thought it was going to be the, the Raptors or the and or, and the jazz because, you know, Doncic was, was out the first two games. The yeah. jazz did not take advantage of it at all. Yeah. Um, the jazz have their own fucking mess to deal with. Um, and then on the other hand, the Raptors got hurt halfway through the series, which kind of cost yeah. them the series. So, you know, once they had some injuries, it was kind of expected that they were going to lose that series. I don't love the 76ers going forward. Plus, Joel Embiid's out the first two games. So you're really yeah. asking Jim Harden to do a lot, which I don't think he can do at this point in his career. Um, and then the Brooklyn Nets, dude, like I was shocked they got swept, dude. I think everybody was. But you look back on it, and then I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm not really that shocked that they were swept because they don't play defense. You know what I mean? And that was really their biggest downfall because they were in every game, dude. They lost every game by eight points or less. It's not like they were getting blown out. You know what I mean? Like they just couldn't stop Boston when push came to shove because they didn't have anybody to defend Tatum, Jalen Brown, and, and uh, their wing defenders. Like they don't have any wing defenders. So that's what kind of what cost them. We kind of saw it in game one today against, against Milwaukee, Was the Bucks are complete opposite of the Nets. They got they play defense. You know what I mean. And it made Boston's life a a living hell.
0: Absolutely. And they They could not score.
1: They could not score. They couldn't score, dude.
0: Twelve points. I don't know if I necessarily call that a blowout. I mean, they were five
1: point favorites. So yeah, you know. So it's like, and they were at home, and the Bucks completely controlled that game after the first quarter. Yeah, because the Celtics couldn't score. Like they were playing defense, and I think. That's the biggest thing, dude, yeah. is we're seeing these great defensive teams rise to the occasion.
0: Yeah,
1: The Memphis Grizzlies should not be here, by the way. Minnesota yeah. Timberwolves fucking blew three 15 point leads in that series. Is it youth? You know, I don't know. Memphis is young too, but Memphis shouldn't be here. I thought Memphis yeah. had a chance, but when Memphis lost today, dude, they might lose that series in five games, bro. Yeah.
0: Well, especially with Draymond going out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he got
1: he got ejected, and then they still couldn't win. Like, dude, that's a bad loss, bro. That's a really bad
0: loss and a bad way to start off this. uh, Yeah, you lost home court
1: advantage, and you definitely should have had it.
0: Yeah, um, know, and and you still didn't have a top game from Curry. Clay played well. Poole played incredible again. um, Thank God. But you know, it's uh, you know, I think they're going to have Memphis is going to have their hands full with. uh Gary Payton the second um they're you know they're going to and in that sense because of the his defensive kind of prowess that he showed today um if he can kind of keep that up you know within these next few games I think that's going to be tough you know when he's out there on the floor and you know draymond sitting um you know I think that's gonna be a, a really tough series for Memphis to win and you know, like you said, if they can't win with Draymond off the floor, I don't know if they're really going to.
1: Well, the Warriors actually, look, I'm not going to lie, dude. The Warriors actually look better when Draymond got ejected. You know, was that was that emotion or whatever? I don't know. I mean, he got ejected so early. Well, first half, at the end of the first half. But, I mean, like, they, they look better. Like, they were moving the ball a little bit more. The one, the one thing I I don't like about Draymond, dude, is like his defensive intangibles are great, dude. Like mm-hmm. great defensively. But the one thing I hate is that that dude refuses to look to score. Like they will literally leave that dude like thirty feet wide open, and he yeah. won't even look to score.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think at times that like that makes the offense a little stagnant because they're playing four on five. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's what I that's why I don't like about Draymond. Yeah. The thing with Gary Payton the second is like. If he's going to be on the floor, he has to hit open shots. And as long yeah. as he continues to do that, he'll yeah. they the Warriors will be okay. But yeah. if he's not hitting open shots, because the other team's going to they're going to literally they're leave him open, him dude. Yeah. yeah, like so if he's if he's hitting those open shots, the Warriors could be dangerous, dude. Yeah. Um but you know, we keep talking about Curry like curry didn't have a big game like curry isn't having a big game you know every other game pretty much like he's just not that curry that we're used to watching yeah and clay is definitely not the clay we're used to watching no no but the one thing i think benefits golden state in this series is that you know dylan brooks plays for the memphis grizzlies he was awful bro like three for 14 from the floor he was taking some awful shots um you know if you're taylor jenkins the memphis grizzlies head coach you got to pull him aside and and do a film session with him and say, look, bro, stop shooting this shit. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, cause Jaron Jackson was great today, dude. And they kind of yeah. like went away from him. And I think that is, I think that's the key to the series. I think Jaron can have a great series because he has a mismatch yeah. no matter who's guarding him. Yeah. So it'll be interesting, but man, I agree with you, Ben. The fact that they lost today, <laughs> bro, that was a bad loss, dude. Yep. Just don't know how they can recover from that Yes yeah. uh, what's your thoughts on uh, Miami Philly
0: see this is the, this is the series that I really have the big question mark on because you know it's how is how are the 76ers going to come out without Embiid for the first two games? and I think that's going to be a huge knock for them um, and could potentially put them down two games from the get-go Yeah um, you know, I think what they have you know benefiting them is that those two games are going to be in Miami so he'll be able to play at home uh, you know when they when he comes back but you know starting from a 2-0 hole is going to be very very difficult for them to overcome here um, and you know Miami's just such a better team than Toronto was you know in that first round especially once Toronto's injuries piled up so you know this is going to be a very difficult team for the 76ers to beat so i think this could be a quick one you know, quick series as well. Five games.
1: Man, I don't know if I'm ready to say five, but the one thing I don't like about Miami, dude, is they have, like, a bunch of weird lineup options where it's, like, their defenders aren't great offensive players and their offensive players aren't great defensive players. So they mm-hmm. kind of have, like, mix and match. And then you you don't have Kyle Lowry game one. You know, Jimmy Butler missed the last game. He's, he's still a little banged up. P.J. Tucker is banged up. And as you move on in the playoff type series and it's more physical, more grinding, you know, how is Miami going to hold up? Because this was my one concern about Miami heading into the year is that they're an old team. They're the second oldest team behind the Lakers. You know what I mean? So, like, I mean, they should absolutely win games one and two, Ben. Like, that shouldn't be like any... If they lose one of these games, Miami is fucking dog shit. Yeah. They... But at the same time, like that, kind of puts a lot of pressure on Miami. You know what I mean? Because it's like does. we have to win these games, and, and Jim Harden still plays for the Sixers. You know, he's still over there, and then Tyrese Maxey's been playing really well too. And he's, you know, he's playing for Philly, and there's no Kyle Lowry, so yeah. who's gonna match up with Tyrese? Tyrese Maxey. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting series. I obviously like Miami. Um, I don't like Miami at minus three fifty. Honestly, I would probably throw some on the Sixers plus two ninety, or I would just wait for the Sixers yeah. to like win a series to bet this. Um, but I, I agree, dude. Miami has to win this series. Yeah. What about uh, Mavs Suns, dude? You you got the Suns winning that series?
0: I I mean, really, it's it's all on the back of, of Booker. Um, can he stay healthy enough to play? Uh, if he can play, I see. You know, the Suns winning this no problem.
1: Um, they're four and zero against. Um, they're four and against the Mavs this year.
0: Yeah, um, you know if if he is out for an extended period of time, I have the Mavs taking this. But you know, as the teams are played right now, with yeah. Booker getting another two days rest, I think the Suns are going to take it.
2: Set it in, Jerome.
1: Yeah, I like the Suns too. <clears throat> I think the Suns are the best team. Um when push comes to shove. I really like what the Mavs did the what they did to the Utah Jazz. I mean, they humiliated them, but at the same time, dude, like the Jazz suck. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And like they're an older team. They don't have any good wing defenders. Donovan Mitchell looks checked out. Rudy Gobert, I mean, they're they're like fighting in the locker room. Not a good team. Not a good uh I'm not gonna like put a ton into that series. But should be an interesting game one because Devin Booker was not good in game six against the Pelicans, dude. He was kind of just yeah. out there. So yeah. and they're six point favorites right now, which is interesting. Yeah. The Suns are. So that's gonna be a good interesting game one. That game is going to be tipping off tomorrow night, Monday, May second. Um maybe talking about them best bets later. Who knows? Could be. Should be. But let's get to trivia, Ben. Let's bring uh, Raider Eddie in here, and then we will be back. We still got MLB to talk about, and we got some NHL playoffs to get into preview for NHL playoffs. Don't want to miss it, so stay locked in. We shall be right back.
3: All right, welcome back to another episode of Tap Room Trivia. I am your host, Raider Eddie, along with the combatants for today's event. We have Jordan, stacks on stacks on stacks, Lats.
1: Let's go. And your de-
3: your defending champion, big Ballin' Ben Larson. Going for three um, in a row. Going for three in a row. Going for the three-peat. Yeah. So let's get, re-explain the rules to you guys real quick. So I'll read the question off three different categories. There's a one, a two, and a three-point answer. You'll ask for which one you like. i read the question. If you answer it right, you'll hear this sound. If you answer it wrong, you'll hear this sound. And you'll have to drink some beer. So... Ben, you were the grand champion last week. I didn't even get a chance to really answer any questions, so uh, <laughs> go ahead. Let me give well, you the he, categories before the luckiest start. dude ever, dude. <sighs> I knew
0: about half of those, and I'm a good guy. Hey, guesser, fair.
3: So. It's fair. So That's in it, honor yeah. of the events this week, we have yeah. category one, best traf- draft day trades of all time. Okay. Category number two, worst draft day trades of all time. Okay. And question number three, greatest games of all time. Crazy different Any sport, different questions about some of the greatest games of all time. Okay. So, Ben, the floor is yours. Uh,
0: greatest games
3: for one. Greatest games for one. All right. The 2007 Fiesta Bowl is one of college football's greatest bowl games of all time. Who won on the Statue of Liberty play on the last play of the game? Was it A, Oklahoma, B, Boise State, or C, UNLV? Oklahoma. I was going to say, uh, that's supposed to be a buzzer. Jordan, the would you like is to? answer Boise State. Correct.
0: I hope there's no more college football. Uh questions that
3: was no i think that might be the only one there we go (laughs) so jordan the floor is yours one to nothing all right let's go uh draft day trades worst or best Worst worst or best best
1: draft day trades for 300 for
3: three all right the Steelers sent a third and sixth round pick to which team in 2003 for Troy Polamalu is who they drafted with that pick. Would it be A, the Raiders, B, the Packers, or C, the Kansas City Chiefs? C, the Kansas City Chiefs. That
1: is correct. All right, best draft mm-hmm. day trades for 200. I think this is
2: going
0: to be another 13 to one week. An
3: opposite <laughs> favorite. All right. The Cowboys tr- made a tra- draft day, no, excuse me, Cowboys made a draft day trade with the Pittsburgh Steelers to draft Emmett Smith. What round pick did they trade the Steelers to draft Emmett Smith? Was it A, a first round pick, B, a second round pick, or C, a third round pick?
1: C or D, I mean B, a second round pick.
3: Incorrect. Ah. Ben, is it third a first round, round pick? Round- Third-round pick is correct. Was that two? That was a two-pointer. Okay. All right, so that puts the score to four to two. All right, Ben, the board is yours. Uh,
0: greatest Games, two. Greatest Games, for
3: two. Oh, right. USA Hockey in 1980 beat the USSR in the Miracle Game. Who did they beat to win the gold medal?
1: Oh, good question. Is it
3: A, the USSR, B, Finland, or C, Sweden? I'm going to go
0: Sweden on this.
3: That is incorrect. Finland.
0: That is correct. Yeah. I know it wasn't USSR. It was yeah. the game to get to the final. Yeah, it but... came Correct.
3: To there. Correct. That was the curveball. That was the one curveball.
1: All right. We're going right. to go uh, draft day trades. Good draft day trades for one hundred.
3: For one. Get my notes out here. In 2011, the Atlanta Falcons sent a first, second, and fourth round pick to draft this player. Is it A, Calvin Ridley, B, Roddy White, C, Julio Jones? Julio Jones. That is correct. So that category, my friends, is done. All right. 7-2. So, bad
1: draft day trades, 300.
3: Bad draft day trades. The Ravens decided that in 2003, they needed to draft their franchise quarterback, They traded a second-round pick in 2003 and a first-round pick in 2004. Mm -hmm. Who did they draft with that pick? That is correct. The bonus question. Who was the first-round pick that was selected in the next year's draft that they traded? Oof. (laughs) This one I don't expect you. Uh, I just like the player. Number four overall pick in two thousand four.
1: Oh man, was it Robert Gallery? It was not. Who did they trade it to?
3: The New England Patriots. For number oh. four?
0: In oh four.
3: It was he was the O four pick. They received this pick in oh three when they made the trade with the Ravens. So it's the 2004 fourth round, fourth overall pick. Excuse me.
0: Was it Edelman? No, that was way Vince Wilfork. Yeah. I just like Vince Wilfork. He's
3: fat and he's one of my favorite players of
0: all time. When did Edelman get picked? Oh, yeah. Like that was like
3: 2000. Yeah, I think it was like 10, mm-hmm. I like think around that yeah, area. That okay. Was so that was just a bonus question. That was more for me than anybody else. Uh, so, Jordan, back to you. 10 to what, was, two. what
1: was the uh, last.
3: Was the
0: greatest games for three and worst draft trades for one and two?
1: Greatest games mm-hmm. for three.
0: Greatest games for three.
3: The 1986 Red Sox were playing in a World Series, and Bill Buckner had one of the worst errors in baseball history. Yep. Who were they playing against in that World Series? The New York Mets. There I, you go.
0: I, I knew that one.
3: Right. That was more of a you know, hopefully Ben asked me that question. Well, <laughs> Trying to figure out one's that Two get.
1: or one. The
0: greatest so last... closed. It's just worst draft day trades for one or two. All right. Worst, worst draft, draft day is
1: trades game. for two.
3: For two. The Browns traded four picks to move up one spot to draft this player. Was it A Tim Couch? B Braylon Edwards. Or C Trent Richardson.
1: Uh, C Trent Richardson.
3: That is correct.
1: And that was probably the worst pick of all time. It could be. <laughs>
0: I mean, this is more of a blowout than last week. I mean, not. I only years, got
3: but... one point last week, so yeah, I I'm know. at two. So, hey, that's <laughs> one more than me. It's worst drafted <laughs> trades for one. All right, the Denver Broncos traded three picks to move into the first round for this player. Was it? a jay cutler b demarius thomas or c tim tebow c tim tebow that is correct one of the worst quarterbacks of all time
0: 16 to 2 <laughs> Eddie, i feel like you i didn't get a chance to you, didn't get, you know when
3: you don't get a chance to do much you know you just kind of sit back relax enjoy the vibes how's the drinks tasting good
1: Ben, ben should have Drinking a lot This uh, this round He didn't get him wrong That's true He didn't get a chance so To he answer yeah. He didn't so like supposed to Drink for his rights But Thank y'all for joining yeah. us For Taproom Sports Trivia Thank you for Eddie For hosting this week We'll be back next week Ben will be hosting As he lost this week So stay tuned We'll be right back We got more Taproom Sports Podcasts on the way So stay locked Stay loaded All Right. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm not looking forward to Ben hosting next week because he's probably going to fucking choose questions from about baseball in 1901 and shit. (laughs) (sighs)
0: Getting ready for these right now. They're going to be good,
1: man, but Ben, I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer?
0: Damn straight. It is beer time again, and we are going coming back for our second beers of the night. Mentioned earlier that I have another new Belgium, so I will be getting back to that after Jordan talks about his second beer of the night.
1: All right, so I got a, Corona, a beer from Coronado Brewing Company, which is also out of Southern California. Coronado Brewing Company, uh, Coronado, California, obviously, if you're not familiar. And this is in collaboration with Belching Beaver. Ben. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. This is oh, the Rainbow Sherbert Kettle Sour Ale. With raspberry, lime, orange, vanilla, and lactose, Ben. So you, you probably wouldn't enjoy this one too much. Yeah, yeah. well, you might enjoy I, the taste, but yeah, just not what happens after.
0: I am looking for a uh, a specific lactose beer that I'm gonna have to take a shit ton of my uh, lactose pills for. Um, but uh, pretty soon, hopefully, we'll have that one uh, have that one come and it's oh uh, yes, it's, it's a Strike Brewery one for uh, the San Jose Giants that they're making, but. Um, my second beer of the night is going to be another one out of the voodoo ranger series um and this is one that i you know talked about the other night and this is the Juice Force, juice force hazy imperial ipa uh, this is coming in at 9.5 percent um it was one that i absolutely loved uh, the first time i drank it so i knew i needed to bring this back to uh you know to this podcast here it is a very very strong ipa uh given that it's again an imperial here i'm um, coming in at that 9.5 but it is Ooh. very drinkable um nice. very fruit forward so i'm excited to uh to give the range ranking for this one
1: oh looking forward to that that 10.1 i just drank did not seem like 10.1 but it kind of yeah. hit me after also apologies for the uh oh nice that cans great dope. can
0: art again Uh, Canard is very dope.
1: Also, apologies to everybody listening um, for that technical error. Had to get this week's trivia in there, but thank you all for uh, staying tuned with us. We're back talking second beer, and now we got to talk about MLB for the week, Ben. So, anything that happened this week that uh, you want to highlight or anything?
0: Um, I think the big thing that we uh, we saw is just that these uh, offensive you know the offensive output is definitely uh jumping up a little bit over this uh over this last week we've got a couple teams who are a little you know, bit finally starting to hit the ball um and that is definitely a good thing uh you know for
1: baseball to see um we also got a lot of teams that are not hitting the ball my Oakland no, A's being one of them <laughs> yeah
0: absolutely we i mean we still have a big uh you know big separation between the top and, and bottom teams um for the offensive uh output here but you know it's it's definitely starting to be fun baseball to watch which is you know definitely what we want what fans want to see um i can't wait for these uh these you know rainstorms out in the the east to subside so we can you know get our full day of baseball without
1: postponements oh yeah hey speaking of uh teams not hitting well though we talked about the A's attendance last week, and then yeah. now, like, dude, the A's got off to like a, a pretty incredible start, but yeah. they've been really bad the last like week and a half, and now they're third worst in batting average. They're hitting two eleven. They've only they they've scored eighty four runs, which is still like middle of the pack in the in the league. Hmm. But bro, this just further impounds. Like people are like, oh, how can no one show up, dude? Like who the who wants to show up to watch who a team hit two eleven, dude? Yeah. Like, that's not good baseball, bro.
0: It isn't. It's not fun to watch. It's not, uh, you know, anything that, you know, a regular fan or even fans who are just starting to watch baseball want to see. And it's, I mean, it's, it's bad, man. It's, dude,
1: it's ugly. Like, their on-base percentage isn't even over, it isn't even 280, dude. On-base. That means they're not even walking. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're not doing anything well, and that's a problem. But speaking of things not things not doing well, things doing well, let's talk about our top five teams of the week, Ben. So last mm-hmm. week uh, you had Dodgers number one, Mets number two, Giants number three, Blue Jays number four, Seattle Mariners number five. What's yeah. your top five teams look like this week?
0: So things have definitely changed. Um, I think there's only two teams that were previously in my top five in there. Um, and... We we've got definitely some movement here. So number ten or number five, I'm going to go with uh, the Angels. Seven and three in their last ten. Um, they are in you know my top five because they beat up on the White Sox, um, which is you know one of the top teams out of the AL. One that we were you know talking about as being one of the best in the AL Central. Um, so you know they've been you know plus twenty one and they're playing really well on the road, which is you know something that we we saw last year. Um, but to keep up a, you know, a road winning percentage of, of 70% is definitely big. So they're going to be, and still playing fairly well. I think they're eight and five at home. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. still, you know, top of the pack and, um, you know, top of their division right now. So they're going to be my number five team. Number four, we're going to go with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, nine and one out of the last 10 and a plus 23 run differential. Bats are really finally lighting up. And, you know, they put up, a lot of runs in you know their last 10 games they've hit nine runs three times in their last 10 twice against the Rays, which are you know a fairly good defensive team um so that's definitely and uh, remember you know, who
1: a, said they were a playoff team to begin the year though
0: that's true that is true um number three is going to be the dodgers um they had a great series uh, you know in beating the braves Uh, kind of in the rematch and and beating up the Padres who are kind of beat up. Um, But they dropped down because they lost that series against the Diamondbacks. And that is, uh, that's not one that they should be losing. Um, You know, if you're that top team, you've got to come out and beat the bottom of the barrel teams. And that's why my number two and my number one are where they are right now. Um, Number two is going to be the New York Mets. Uh, Huge series win over the Cardinals. Um, And then, you know, taking two of three against, you know, the Phillies who are starting to do better. You you had a, you know, incredible day for Dominic Smith today who had a four for four day. And I think that's the big thing is that they have some unlikely names that are coming up big for the Mets. Um, So that's what you need for players who.
1: Dominic Smith is a former like high prospect in their organization. So high
0: prospect, but still not the, not the the superstar that they're expecting, (sighs) you know, to be their you know, top performer day in and day out. So that's something that we I, I look at in why the Mets are number two here. And number one, I got to give it to the Yankees. Uh, nine game win streak swept the series against the Royals, the Orioles and the Guardians. Not the most difficult wins, but those are, you know, like I said, with the Dodgers, those are the games that you have to win um, and you have to win those series. And they did it and they did it big. Um, plus 15 run differential against the the, um, against the Royals plus 12 against the Orioles and plus 12 against Cleveland. So plus 39 over, you know, their nine game win streak right now, which is, uh, you know, great offensive firepower power and basically, you know, their pretty entire run
1: differential too. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, <laughs> pretty stringent, uh, you know, defense against teams who don't have the best offense, which are a lot in the, you know, in the AL right now. So yeah, no, that's why
1: the Yankees are hitting the ball dog.
0: Yeah. That's why they're going to be my number one team this week.
1: Nice, man. I like it. I like it. Our top fives are pretty similar. Uh, but number five, I'm going Milwaukee Brewers, 15 and eight on the year. They got off to a slow start, but the last two weeks, they've moved in. They're number one in ERA, which is really like their bread and butter. So I'm not expecting them to ever hit the leather off the ball. Like, that's not mm-hmm. what they do. And what they do is they pitch well. And like Woodruff is pitching well. Burns is pitching well. Uh, Peralta is pitching well. Yep. So I'm moving the Brewers into the top five at 15 and eight. They lead their division. Uh, number four, I, I agree with you, man. I got the Minnesota twins, 13 and nine on the year, nine and one in their last 10. And they've been heating up And like, this is an offense. I thought was going to be good. And now they're starting to kind of get rolling a little bit. And I also think their pitching staff's a little underrated, but for them to be decent, They are gonna have to swing the sticks. They do have like one of the hardest schedules in the second half of the season. I know we're like two months away from the second half still, but they have to get off to a hot start, which is usually what they don't do. You know what I mean? So it's important for them to get off to this a good start. So I like the uh, Minnesota Twins here at number four, number three. I like the Mets sixteen and seven. They're 2nd in ERA, 3rd in starters ERA, ERA, 3rd in run differential, 4th in run scored. So they're basically like top 3 in everything, Mm or top 5 in everything, top 3 in everything else. Um, I agree with you about their offense, but I think guys like Dominic Smith are playing well because you added good players to your lineup. You got a Francisco Lindor. Then you add a Mark Canna. You add a Starling Marte. It only adds protection to these players because you can't pitch around them, especially with a DH now in the NL. Because if you were the eighth guy in a lineup, dude, you were basically getting, like, the most difficult pitches possible because the pitcher knew the guy coming up after you was a fucking out. You know what I mean?
0: Straight walked. Yeah.
1: So, like, I... I like what the Mets have done. They had a lot of young talent and now they've added like good veteran players to their lineup. And obviously we knew they were going to be good at pitching. You yeah. know what I mean? So like what I see out of the Mets, just worry if they're peaking a little too much too fast. Dude. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, we've, we've talked about this too. They've had a really, really easy. Yeah. They have, they, so they far did far. have
1: a, a friendly schedule. Yeah. Um, And so have the Dodgers dude at 14 and seven. Like they played the least amount of games of anyone in baseball so yep. far which means they're going to have to play a lot in the second half but they're number 1 in run differential number 1 in starters ERA number 2 in overall or I mean I'm sorry number 1 in overall year ERA and they're eighth in runs scored um so I, I like what I like what the what the Dodgers are doing they're just taking care of business and honestly they're the deepest team so they're the team I have the least worry about about yep. uh, doing it over a long term because they're so yep. deep big and series
0: then, coming up Against the Giants.
1: Big series coming up. I expect them to beat the Giants in that series for sure. I'm saying 2-1. to Probably. Um, And then number one, I got the Yankees as well. 16-6 and on the year. Second in ERA. Fifth in starters ERA. Second in run differential. But again, they were plus two run differential coming into this nine-game winning streak against bad teams. But they're getting a lot of good pitching. And if they can swing the sticks... Because we know they're going to do that all year, especially as the summer heats up. Like that team is going to be able to hit the ball. It's really about whether they can pitch. Yeah, and they're not necessarily deep in a, as a, as a rotation. So, not at all. so they are relying on a lot of guys to stay healthy. But I mean, they're nice, dude. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. Severino, you know, he had that. He had a uh, Tommy John, but he's come back well this year. Mm-hmm. Like he looks like he did pre Tommy John. Jordan Montgomery is a great starter. Uh, Nestor Cortez. I mean, this guy's pitching un- incredible baseball. This guy's like a journeyman, like is in his career, dude. Yeah. And I obviously got Garrett Cole, who's, who arguably might be their worst pitcher. <laughs> you know. So pitching out of the one spot. Too. Yeah. So I mean, like it's they're doing their thing, man, and mm-hmm. you got to respect it. I hate the Yankees. <laughs> yep. Oh, but man, I love baseball. We got a lot of baseball left. <laughs> you know There's what I mean? A of so,
0: baseball left. Yep.
1: So, I'm not sure how long the Yankees can sustain it. It, it, Dude, honestly, it would worry me. Like, the the A's peaked in the first week. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) It's been all downhill (laughs) since then. So, so, you know, that's how it goes, man. Things can change quick. (laughs) But let's talk about the NHL playoffs, Ben. So, this is your sport. I'm actually stoked that the NHL playoffs are, like, kind of coming back with ESPN. not saying coming back, but with ESPN having NHL playoffs now, like, I feel like the NHL playoffs are back, dude, you know, because before it was all local, it wasn't like nationally televised games. Now they're like basically all going to be nationally televised for the most part. Right. Yes. So like, that's dope, dude. Like this is, that's, that's what the playoffs are all about. Everybody can see it because that's why the playoffs are so big because everybody's watching. You know what I mean? It's not just your region that's watching that game. No, the nation's eyes are on you in the playoffs. And this is where the biggest players come to play. So I think with that being said, Ben, I think this could be a little bit different for NHL playoffs.
0: And I think something that uh, that that also is going to be a big push for these playoffs is that this is going to be the first time in a long time that everyone is going to see the intensity of the playoffs Mm -hmm. and how different the teams can be, you know, coming out from the regular season into that kind of playoff style of hockey. I mean, we talk about it in basketball. You know, where you just have to get to the playoffs and once you, yep. your team gets to the playoffs, anything can happen. And that's something I think it's even more into effect with NHL because of how hard of hitting how how much the finesse style play starts to really come into effect when the, the playoffs start. So I'm really excited for this to be on even more of a national level than we had last year, where
1: since 2004. You know,
0: Yeah. I mean, last year was definitely probably one of the maybe last year, maybe the year before was, you know, the most watched NHL playoffs. And I think this is going to be pushed even more because it's, you know, on the the ESPN family of uh, networks. So I'm really excited for him this year. And we've got some great teams and some tough matchups even in this first round, it's going to be it's going to be a fight to get these 16 wins.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were talking off air, and I was, like, mentioning an underdog, and you were kind of like, damn, it's kind of crazy. And I was like, hey, man, NHL playoffs, dude, we've seen a lot crazier shit. Like, we see way more upsets than the NBA. NBA playoffs never has, like, crazy upsets, dude, because it's always the same. Like, the top teams are the top teams, and they're the top teams in the in their conference for a reason. Yeah. But, you know, when, like, hockey, you, you only need, like, two or three goals to score. You only need, that's yeah. all you need to win, bro. You know, you yep. just got to hold your opponent to one goal. So sometimes, like, goalies stand on their heads, and you get amazing playoff runs, dude. Yeah. So I'm very, very much looking forward to uh, to this uh, Stanley Cup playoffs this year. So let's, ho- let's hop right into it, Ben. Let's talk about the first series. we got the Penguins versus Rangers. The Penguins are favorites on the series price, minus 115. Rangers, slight dog, minus 105. Uh, what do you think about this series here?
0: I think this is gonna be one of the the hardest uh you know series because you've got two teams that are you know that are playing really well coming out of uh you know the end of the season here um both kind of had have had their hiccups but a lot of that reasoning is because you've got you know your resting players you're you know you aren't playing them as much because you don't have to have them you know really in you know in in the prime time right here Because i feel like that's
1: always bad though dude.
0: Yes and no. Um, I think with hockey, though, it does allow for a lot of the players to get a little bit uh, uh, allows for those injuries to kind of recoup a little bit. I mean, a lot of these guys are going to be injured, and we won't find out how injured they are until once the series is done, once they're you know golfing or, or sitting on the beach. So you know, it's it's really tough to really kind of see where we're going to kind of end up here. Uh, with this series, I am going to take the the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, I just think that they have better, they have more history, um, you know, with playoff experience. Um, they've got better goaltending in my eyes. I know that the numbers don't uh, necessarily point to Tristan Jari there, but I, I just, with his level of play, I do think Jari is a little bit better of a goaltender than Shosturkin. Um, mm-hmm. Shosturkin did play, you know, majority of the games here, but he was hurt um, and did give kind of Gorgev a, a chance to kind of get things going. But I do think that the offensive power, power of the Penguins and the experience of the Penguins is going to kind of push things forward for Pittsburgh. They're just a little deeper um, throughout their lineup. And, you know, you do have Panarin, you do have Kreider, but there's a lot of top level players on on the Rangers and I just don't see them taking things to the full extent throughout a seven game
1: series. Damn. I, I actually like the dog here and I think it's great value minus one Oh five. Um, you know, the Rangers are three and one against the Penguins this year and they outscored them 11 to four. So it's not like these games were necessarily close by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Give me the Rangers here. They're young. You
0: got to think though, there
1: were I, a lot of injuries on, the. Uh, on Pittsburgh throughout the year. So
0: that's that's hey, something you've got to take into effect. That's still
1: a mental – that's a that's a mental aspect that the Rangers have on them. And as a young team, like, that's something that I want. Like, yeah. they have that mental thing. Like, hey, we're 3-1 and one against this team this year. Like, we could beat them. And and if a young team that doesn't know any better has that mentality going in already, dude, that's dangerous. So that's, I like the Rangers here, minus 105, actually. Uh, I'll, give me that dog, dude. That's value. Uh, let's talk about the second series, Ben. Uh, Bruins-Hurricanes is another close series. Bruins minus 105 right now. Hurricanes minus 115, slight favorite. I think we're going to agree on this one.
0: I'm I'm going with the Hurricanes on this. Um, Me too. I think they do have better goaltending than Frederick Anderson. Yep. Um, they've been a more cohesive team throughout this whole year. Um, I really don't want to see Brad Marchand um, be successful. Um, <sighs> He's the biggest pest in the NHL, and for that, I – you know, I do want to see him lose. Um, Boston does have a lot of injuries going into this, uh, into this series as well. I think uh, Taylor Hall being the biggest of them, Charlie Mm -hmm. McAvoy is hurt. Um, You know, Hampus Lindholm also hurt. And I think that's going to, you know, be a a big, big problem. Oh, but just seeing this, (laughs) Frederick Anderson is out for game one. Um, so you're gonna have Auntie Vrontta, who also is not bad. He's got the same uh, goals against average as um. You know, yeah, as I feel like they have Wayne goalie one A and one B, dude. They they really do. Uh Anderson is definitely the better of the two. Um, but Auntie Vrontta is no slouch whatsoever. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and again, just as good
1: of, of I also numbers. feel like that I also feel like that's why you're getting this series lower at minus 115 like this series i feel like i feel like carolina is a better team dude and i feel yeah. like this series should be more like minus 150 minus 160 yeah. than minus
0: yep. 115 yeah I, I i mean carolina's you know allowing less goals more goals in the back of the net they've beaten you know better teams this year yeah um, coming in hot into this playoff run you know i think there's just everything they're the best defensive does, team too. in hockey too yeah, everything just leads up to Carolina taking this series.
1: And I like I like defensive hockey in the playoffs, dude. Like, I want my yep. team to be good defensively, and I feel like that's Carolina, dude. Yeah. So I'm with you, dude. Minus one, minus 115, that's fucking great value. Absolutely. Um, this is another interesting series here, Ben. Toronto Maple Leafs versus Tampa Bay. Maple Leafs right now minus 120, Lightning plus 110. I mean, I'm sorry, plus 100 at most books. I like the uh, least here. Yeah.
0: This is you're absolutely right. This is a very very difficult uh, difficult line to pick. Um, looking at injuries, I think that's going to be the biggest part of this. Um, you've got uh, Mitch Marner and you've got Austin Matthews out um, as of the 28th. So that Matthews is Matthews uh, played his last game, didn't he? Yeah, he's his status is
1: listed as out for the 28th, but that's as of the 28th, that's seven days ago, or what is it? Four days ago, (laughs) four days ago. He's probably just missed the last game, he probably just rested him. Let's see,
0: yeah, you're right, rest, you know, and that could have been the same thing for uh, uh, for goaltending in that last series, too. Um yeah, you know, again, this is hard because you've got the experience from Tampa Bay and you've got the youth of Toronto.
1: Well, Tampa Bay's yeah. won two back to, or did they win last year? Yeah. Yeah, they won back to back, bro. Yep. And they're not as good as they were last year. They yeah. lost pieces. And their goalie's still out, yeah? The dude that wears all the fucking pads, the big pads, the jumbo pads? Uh,
0: Vasileski is, no, he's in.
1: Oh, he's back? Um, Damn, I mean, that dude covers the whole fucking goal, dude. He's hard he to does. score
0: against. He does. Offensively, Toronto is the better team, but defensively, Tampa Bay is the better team, which is, you know. Yeah, and it's it, hard
1: to take into consideration because last time Toronto played Tampa, Vasilevskiy didn't play. Yeah. So that's one of their wins, and they and, put up like seven goals in that game. Eight to one in that game. Yeah, eight goals.
0: I, you know what? I think I'm going to go with you on this one. I am going to go Toronto. Um, just because of their special teams. Um, you've got, you know, the, the power play percentage is sitting at 27.3% compared to a 23.9, and penalty kill percentage is 82.1 compared to an 80.6, still close, um, but that could be, you know, the, the one thing that, you know, changes this series is if one team excels on a, you know, on the special teams, and that's going to be, you know, Toronto in this. I don't see Toronto going deep uh into the playoffs here but i think i, I think the you can definitely take out
1: well we gotta the- stop calling it youth though because these guys are becoming vets now and like this is an important series for them dude and i feel like i've seen this as a sharks fan with marlo and thornton like they progressed as players like they weren't just they didn't come out the gates and in three years they were fucking mvp level players Matthews and Marner are young players, but they're still they're vets now. This is like their fourth, fifth season. They're young, but this is this is their time. Like they are starting to enter their prime. This is their time to to show they are the future of the NFL, dude. Yeah. NHL, sorry. I I like yeah. Toronto here. I like Toronto to make a deep playoff run. To be honest,
0: I am going to take Toronto. I don't think they'll make a deep playoff run because of. Because of their goaltending,
1: that is a worry. But I I like them. All right, let's move over to the West first round. Minnesota well, we have Wild- one more in the East. Do we? I thought we went through them all. Capitals Panthers. Oh dude, I skipped over Capitals Panthers. Sorry. Yeah. Capitals versus Panthers right now. Panthers minus two ninety. Capitals plus two twenty five. And what do you think about this one?
0: I think this is where you take Jock here. Um, this is. Uh, a Florida Panthers team that have really kind of pushed the, you know, pushed the, the pedal down. And, um, uh, this is a great team full of youth and experience. Um, that's true. Good. Point. You've got, um, uh, Oh my God. Who's there? Uh, not Eklund, um, Ekblad coming back from his, uh, injury. Um, and he's going to be available for, for the playoffs. Um, it's it's the same thing that uh Tampa Bay did last year, um, uh, in their kind of capping manipulation here. Um, so you know, he's gonna be able to come back in and, and start playing again. And like they've just got great, great young guys um between Ekblad and Huberdo. I think this is uh this is a team for the future and I wanna see Joe hoist that cup. So
2: yeah.
0: I think this is this is the team to beat out of the East.
1: No, I definitely uh I want them to win. I do think that throwing a little plus twenty two twenty five is a is a good value, though. Like, because I mean, what's the worst that's gonna happen? You are gonna lose, but if you win, you like almost triple your money, dude. So i I think for that, you know, and in hockey, anything could happen. And you are giving me a team with Ovechkin and a team that's won a Stanley Cup. I don't think that's a bad bet, but I do think that Florida is the better team, obviously. And I am with you. I want Joe to win. Um, so I mean, it should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh I do I would sprinkle some on that plus two twenty five though. You know I
0: wouldn't. It's not worth it.
1: One one and one against them on the season. Not worth it. Only an overtime loss. There's no overtime L's in, in the playoffs, baby. Yep. All right, let's move on to the next series. Minnesota Wild versus St. Louis Blues. Wild minus one fifty, Ben. Blues plus one thirty. What's your thoughts on this series?
0: I'm gonna go Minnesota Wild. Um I think they're the uh they've got depth in goaltending that they just got uh you know at the trade deadline with Flurry. Um, they've got, uh, you know, the, definitely the, the top player offensively on, uh, you know, on the ice, uh, in Krill Kaprasov, um, kid is outstanding and his number is just, you know, skyrocket. Was this his uh, first you know, playoff though? No, they got in the first round last year. Um, you know, and played last year, he played really well, but I, again, I just think this is a, uh. This team has more depth than they previously had. St. Louis is going to be hard. They're always kind of a, a bruiser type yeah. uh, type team. Um, really looking at these lines, I'm leaning a little bit more towards towards St. Louis, outscoring, out defending each game. Better yeah, I was penalty say kill, I kind of like St. Louis in this pa- series. Yeah, I mean, the, the, just looking at their. Power play percentage and, uh, and and penalty kill. I mean, over seven six and a half percentage points better than Minnesota. Um, you know, offensively, defensively, it's eight percent better. Uh, nine shorthanded goals on the season. That's uh,
1: you're getting that's plus one thirty value here. I, I like the Blues here, dude.
0: Yeah. I I kind of do as well. You
1: can get the Blues in six games plus 500. Blues in five plus 850.
0: Yeah. I'd probably go with the six. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah, this is the more that I look at this, the more that I want to go St. Louis. Yep. My heart says the wilds, but. My my brain says the blues
1: yep no I like I like that I like the blues here dude all right let's move on to uh the next series we got the avalanche and the national predators I think this one's pretty easy avalanche minus four fifty predators plus three sixty
0: uh what's the value of let me pull this up the avalanche in four plus three eighty take it.
1: You think they're going to sweep them? I think they're going to sweep them. You know, sweeping's pretty hard, dude. They got I... plus 240 for one is like the lowest value. But I think, I mean, if there's going to be a sweep, it's probably going to be this series. Nashville, they can score, though. Just can't really stop the puck yeah. very much. And,
0: and that's the problem is the Avalanche just score in droves. Yeah. It's... it's.
1: No, they're and, definitely and they're, one of their their
0: defense is stout. Yeah, it's absolutely stout. So yeah, well, we said this, this last this year too,
1: <laughs> they didn't make the Stanley Cup. So yeah. as, uh, NHL playoffs, man, anything's possible. But I agree, dude. I, like, there's no way I would put money on the on the Nashville Predators, dude. No,
0: and I'm gonna take them in four.
1: Uh, let's go move on to the next series. We got the Calgary Flames versus the Dallas Stars. Flames minus two sixty, Stars plus two ten. Stars barely made it into the playoffs. Man, took some, took a lot to go their way to get in there. Um, what's yeah. your thoughts on this series?
0: I, I just don't think the, the stars have really what they need to uh you know need to to get offensively to you know win this series. Um yep. you know scoring less than three goals a game. Um defensively they've been pretty good, only allowing two point nine eight goals a game. But Calgary is just a, they're they're kind of the beast of the West. Um, you know, minus the the Avalanche here. Um I think we're gonna see a Calgary and um You know, in Colorado Western Conference final. And, you know, this is going to be, these are the two top teams in the West and the Stars, I think, just get in the way. Um, I think they'll, I don't think they'll go four. I think Dallas will take a game, possibly two, but taking two games against Calgary, I think, is going to be hard. They put a lot of pieces together that really, you know really have worked and as long as markstrom can kind of keep a decent goaltending game going you know I, i don't see the stars putting up a lot of goals
1: yeah i mean this calgary team i agree with you they're a good team they're one of the better teams in the west um you know their best players are pretty young but they still have a they, they're like balanced well, I think, with like you said with Florida, dude. Like they're balanced mm-hmm. with guys that have been there and done that, and they're with guys that have never done it. Yeah. Um, so with that said, I, I agree with you, dude. I think, I think the odds minus 260 kind of, kind of take show that, you know, this team should probably win, you know, 48% of the time, 50 per, 52% of the time between there. Um, I'm sorry, more than that. the, star, the I'm saying the Stars 68. should only win about 48% of the time. So the the Flames should definitely win this series. I think there's value on the Flames in six games plus 280. I think it's solid mm-hmm. value. Because so I think the Stars are going to win a game or two. Just because they're a veteran team, dude. They've been there, done that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I
0: I mean, to be honest, I'd sprinkle a little bit on 4-1. I'd sprinkle a little bit on on 4-2. Um you know towards the flames i mean you're getting great value there at plus 280 and plus 330 Yep. that you know you're covering your basis on you know both of those wins and making some there yep. um so i would to be honest i would throw a little bit on both of those flames in five flames in six
1: greed all right let's move on to this last series here oilers minus 250 kings plus 200 so this the Western Conference. Been first of all is totally flip flop from the East. The east is a lot of close playoff battles. Yeah, the West is like highly favored first round matchups. Um, you know the Kings plus two hundred. They're a really young team, but also again, you know they got guys that have actually won Stanley Cups for the Kings on that team as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, what's your thoughts on on this series here? Obviously, the Oilers have the best player in the league.
0: Yeah, but the the best player in the league has not. Uh you know, has not really it's time. Ben. This is
1: his third year. It's time.
0: Uh, yeah. Hasn't produced until he shows me he can do it. I, I don't know if I can take him. This is the one series out of the West that I think could be a flip flop.
1: Um, and no. you
0: could, Hell you could no. get the Kings taken, uh, taking this. Hell series. No. Uh, it's going to be a long series. Kings are definitely the better defensive team. Edmonton is light years better offensively. Um so
1: oh, Ben you're crazy.
0: You can see the Kings kind of squeak some wins out here.
1: No. I mean they may you a win. No. Bro,
0: I think this is going to be at least a 6 game series. All right.
1: Here's a bet. I'll take Oilers in 5 plus 340. You take Oilers in 6 plus 380. Alright. I,
0: I will take Oilers in six plus three eighty, or I will take Kings in seven plus seven fifty.
1: Alright, I'll give you odds on that Kings four three plus seven fifty. Hundred bucks. You win, I give you eight fifty. I win, you give me a hundred.
0: We'll talk about it.
1: <laughs> Come on, man.
0: We'll talk about it. Alright. You sure? I gotta think about. I, I gotta think about it. You just you were just
1: confident in the. Kings. I, I am.
0: I am. I'm confident that this could be. Uh, all right. The all right. All right. That flips.
1: Ben. 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 You let me know if you want to take that bet. Don't let we'll me know after be. game one though. You have no. It tips. No, no, it no, tips no, off tomorrow. Be. The puck drops tomorrow yeah, in that series. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. going um, to yeah. we'll do a deep dive. I
1: like the. I like the Oilers plus seven fifty to win the whole whole shebang, dude. No, not happening. Speaking of all that, it's time for our best bets of the night. Ben, last week you went uh, oh, wow. one and one. You had Golden State Warriors over 225.5. That was an L. And then you had Dodgers, Diamondbacks, first five under four and a half. That was an absolute W. Those first five uh, unders have been cashing like cows, dude. What's yeah. your best bets this week?
0: Uh, First bet bet. Best bet we're going to do is uh, we're going to go to the Mets and the Braves game. Uh, and we're going to be taking a first five here. And we are going to go first five money line for the Mets against Atlanta. Um, you've got two pitchers on the hill uh, lefty in Freed and uh, Bassett in, uh, you know, for the Mets here. Uh, and he's a righty here you've got uh freed who is not pitching that well but mets are hitting a lot better against uh, uh, left-handed pitchers than they are right and vice versa the braves are not hitting right-handed pitchers as well as they are hitting lefties um so we are gonna go mets first five money line second uh game that we're gonna go to is we are going to go to the uh, oh my gosh i just lost my page here Where'd we go? Is this a Tuesday game? This is going to be Minnesota against Baltimore. Uh, There we go. Minnesota Twins against the Baltimore uh, Orioles. We've got, um, you know, two decent pitchers coming up. You've got Chris Paddock, who is you know pitching well for minnesota here um he doesn't have a win yet and is at 3.68 uh, uh but the team just really has not been showing up in his starts and i think that's something that's going to be changing against wells here um wells is struggling 5.54 era um in 13 innings pitch so um it is definitely going to be oh those glasses are coming out and that is not a good sign when jordan's betting so um well We'll see when uh, how these next picks for him come out, but uh, we're going to go Minnesota money line against uh, Baltimore. Baltimore amazingly struggling, um, and Minnesota is hit. on a huge hot streak, hitting every every single stat is better for Minnesota than Baltimore over here. So um, we're going to go Minnesota money line.
1: If Baltimore could hit, they'd actually be a decent team, but they can't. The so exactly. I all right, I got three best bets for this week, man. I got three bets that I like for Monday night. All right, first one under 208 and a half, Philadelphia Miami. No Lowry, no bead Jimmy Butler is banged up. The Heat's got a lot of banged up guys, plus they love to play defense and like to keep the score low. So does Philadelphia. I don't expect a ton of points. Give me the under 208 and a half here. Plus, three of their four meetings this season have gone under 208 points and a half. So give me the under 208 and a half. Second best bet, we're going under seven and a half runs. Arizona, Miami. These are the two best pitchers in the the NL pitching head to head. Zach Galen, Pablo Lopez, both under a sub one ERA. D backs, worst in runs scored. Marlins, eighth worst in hard hit rate. Galen is one of the best pitchers in opponent hard hit rate. Give me the under seven and a half in that game. And then we're also going to take Yankees money line minus 115 against the Toronto Blue Jays. They are absolutely hot. Stripling is on the mound and has struggled for similar teams to the Yankees, like the Astros, who also hit hard top eight. Um, and the Blue Jays offense has not been good in the last two weeks. They're one of the lowest on average and their bottom half of the league in runs scored. So give me Yankees money line minus minus one fifteen. I love all those bets, Ben.
0: Nice. Hell yeah. Let's bring those glasses off. Cause uh, last time we had those glasses on.
1: Wow, these, they're bringing Things good luck downhill. this time. They're bringing good luck this time. Cause if, if you know, if Yikes. they don't, then they will officially will be retired. We said that last time.
0: Um, all right, it's time to get back to beer. Uh we are done with the sports aspect of the podcast and we are gonna be moving back into our beer rankings. Super excited to hear about your um you, may the fourth be with you, uh beer.
1: Yeah, that one was good, man. Uh yeah. yeah, not a bad beer. Uh double IPA, it was a little heavy, but honestly, like when you're drinking it, you don't really get that sensation until like, you know, moments after. And then you get hit by, like, a fucking baseball bat by Mike, Mark McGuire. And you're like, whoo! Sure. You know? And that's kind of like what I like from my double IPAs. I like them to be easy, easily drinkable, but they hit me hard after. Um, and the flavor was really good, dude. A lot of double IPAs are, like, overly fruitful because they're fermented in, like, pineapple a lot of the time. Mm. Well, especially a lot of uh, breweries on the West Coast. This one was... Uh, it was good, dude. It had like an earthy flavor to it. Obviously had different hop strains, but 10.5%. I really enjoyed that. I'm going to give it a 4.25 out of 5, ben. Okay. And then this second one, the Rainbow Sherbert Kettle Sour Ale. This one was all right. Uh, it's not the best sour I've ever had. The fruit profile doesn't really bring out like the way you would think it would, which mm-hmm. is why I think I kind of docked it a little bit. The smells good. It does have like a, a bitterness to it, but it's not really it's not overly bitter. It's not like the kind of bitterness that I like in a sour. Like you know, yeah. me? I like I like sours that pucker. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna give this one a uh, this is this is a little more smooth flavor. So if you like smooth flavors, soft mouth feel, uh, mouth feel feel, I mean, it's probably gonna be a beer you like. And if you like lactose beers, so I'm gonna give it a four out of five. I would definitely drink it again. I think it's good, but it's not like the best kettle sour I've ever had.
0: Oh yeah. All right. So I had the, the two new Belgian beers um, I had going from the uh, Voodoo Ranger series. The first that I had was the juicy haze IPA coming in at 7.5%. I'm going to give this one a 3.75 out of five. There's there's no- nothing special about this beer. Um, it was not bad. Um, you know, I don't think I can put it down really any lower. There was nothing bad about it, um, but there was really just nothing special about this beer. And this is going to be your everyday uh, IPA, hazy IPA that you drink. Um, if you like the higher percentages, I think this would be, you know, a little bit better for you uh, coming in at that 7.5. It's a little high for a, an IPA, but it doesn't taste like it's 7.5. It does have a, you know, a decent taste to it. Um, nothing overly hoppy, No, ver- nothing overly, you know, fruity. Um, you know, it's just a kind of plain Jane beer, so it gets a plain Jane score for me out of that uh, 3.75. Uh, the Juice a Force. Plain coming Jane in at 9... score for a plain
1: Jane beer, dude. I like that. Damn straight.
0: Um, the, uh, the Juice Juice Force IPA. Another hazy. This one was an Imperial coming in at 9.5%. This is a really, really good beer. Um, I'm going to put this one at a 4.75 out of 5. <laughs> Great beer, high alcohol percentage. If you do, you know, like those, if you don't like high alcohol percentage beers, this is one that you can drink too, because you don't taste that 9.5% whatsoever. Um, you can drink one of these beers, feel it. And, you know, also not like taste like you're drinking a high alcohol beer. Um, the fruit levels of this is absolutely incredible. It almost tastes like, you know, when I was drinking this beer, I almost kind of thought of a beer mosa where you know it's nice. a, it's a like beer and orange juice mixed together there. Um, but it's not overly orangey, it's not overly beer flavored. It's it's a really good blend between the, the two, and that's something that I really enjoyed out of it. Great mouthfeel, great aroma. Um, you know, it's it's hazy but at the same time it doesn't feel like you're drinking a loaf of bread um (laughs) so this is uh this is definitely a beer that i would turn to you know on the regular and at 9.5 percent it's dangerous it definitely is dangerous so nice nice so definitely uh check these beers out check out uh check out the two that jordan and really would love to to get that uh star wars uh beer there yeah, and man, a,
1: i picked you yeah. up once so i got another one for you
0: perfect and then you can't beat collaborations with two great breweries but if you do need some beers make sure to go to devour devour.com download the devour app uh, use promo code taproom when signing up and you'll get ten dollars off your first purchase of twenty five dollars or more before we go i mentioned it a little bit earlier we've got some changes coming we do and i'm going to turn this over to jordan <clears throat> because he is the master better here <laughs> not the master beta the master <laughs> better man fishing so jordan let's do the first announcement of our new style of podcast
1: yeah so you know instead of having you know four different podcasts where we focus on you know different sports. We're gonna do one podcast four days a week. And it's going to focus in on sports gambling and obviously craft beer. Um, and we're gonna do that Sunday through Wednesday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So during NFL, obviously football will be focusing in on college football and NFL. Right now, we'll be focusing in on N- NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball. Um, so, just we'll be going throughout the times and really just be focusing in on on how we can make people money, dude. And yeah, whether you fade us or follow us, tail us, whatever it is, man. Like we just want to put our side of the information out there. If you like yeah. it, you know it. And we just, I feel like that's the future. I feel like yep. we all agree that's the future. So. We're gonna be uh, heading into that schedule next week.
0: Yep, um, we're still gonna be talking about what's going on on the day to day sports. Yep. We're still gonna be focusing on, you know, the big item. You know, and we'll be able to focus news.
1: like on a day to day basis too. Like yep. it's not gonna be like we'll be talking about something on Sunday from Monday. You know, yep. I mean, every show is gonna be focused on that. So yeah, that's what so, I'm excited about. It's
2: a great
0: new focus. We're still going to be, uh, you know, incorporating the beer into the podcast, which uh, you know is definitely a big draw into the Taproom Sports Podcast Network. Uh, but it's it's going to be a ton of fun. We've got to, uh, you know, great things on deck. Yep. So make sure to, to follow us on Instagram at Taproom Sports Podcast. Make sure to check out our Twitter at Taprooms underscore Sports. Check out Jordan, which is at Jordan Rules TSP. We're even on Facebook to search the Tap Room Sports Podcast. You can even visit our website, www.taproomsportspodcast.com. We will have our normal set of podcasts this week. We're going to have APR coming out on Thursday. We're going to have uh, In the Game coming out. We're going to be doing TSP wagers. Uh, and then, as Jordan said, we are going to start our next phase of the Tap Room Sports Podcast Network coming up next week. Yep.
2: Yep. Cannot but wait!
0: That's it. Cannot wait, Ben. I am uh, Big Brawl and Ben Larson. Here we join stacks on stacks on stacks, us Let's-, Let's
2: go, y'all! We will see you later.